snooker looping nuts are we me and him and them and me we'll show you what we can do with a load of balls and a snooker cue pot the red then screw back for the yellow green brown blue pink and black snooker looping nuts are we we're all snooker loopy Hello and welcome to another episode of the Snooker Loopy Podcast. My name is Tom Mayhew and I'm here with my very good friend, it's Joe, the Spaceman Hannard. Oh, thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. And uh, the the Dominic Dale welcome. I thought we might actually get through a podcast without mentioning Dominic, but uh, apparently not. Do you think, because Ronnie's the rocket and Dominic's the Spaceman, do you think... Dominic Dale has ever tried to like climb inside Ronnie and fly to space. Wow, um, that's quite the image. <laughs> that's quite the image. That I think that would be part of what we talked about uh, last time. Um, the X-rated snooker <laughs> content that's shown on BBC Snooker Extra. At uh, 5 to 12. Well, we would watch that, wouldn't we? <laughs> yes. To to know whether he got to space or not, you know? <laughs> Where's the spaceman going? Yeah. Oh, oh God. Dear. Oh, no. Commentary, oh, by, no. Uh, commentary provided by John Virgo and Stephen Hendry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did the, uh, the Stephen Hendry special last time. It did very well. Lots of people enjoyed it. Um, really? Most people. Well, well, you know... <laughs> As many people enjoyed it as people enjoyed Stephen's singing, shall we say that? Okay, okay. Fair enough. And uh, that did quite well. We've had uh, a few people commenting because they also released an exclusive YouTube clip of us talking about this Stephen Hendry action figure we stumbled upon. <laughs> and uh, there's a few people who who want to rival you to try and buy it. They don't want to help you buy it. They say oh. I want it. Oh, that's uh, that's rather sad. That that shows that we're not that popular, Tom. We haven't made it yet. Wait until after the World Championship. Mate, after the World Championship, when you released a hit single, Where's the Cue Ball Going? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, written completely by me, might I add. We should talk about that. Do, do you have it to, to hand? Because Joe put, Joe put Where's the Cue Ball Going... What did you put it? You put it into a, one of those uh, AI... Yeah, ChatGPT... And what did you put in? Just did you just put? So I, I well, I, I just asked the AI. I said, um, write a song called "Where's the Cue Ball Going" to the tune of "My Old Man's a Dustbin." <laughs> and and the AI went, "Oh, not this question again." <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, yeah, I, I mean, verse one of the song. Uh, you know, I'm sure people will like to sing it along in their heads but uh, where's the cue ball going i just can't seem to tell it bounces off the cushions like a pinball in a cell i try to hit it straight on but sometimes i miss my mark where's the cue ball going it's a question in my heart so there you go there you go you know it moves you at the end there you're like yes i really care where the cue ball's going yeah, and then for the chorus, we've got uh, Where's the cue ball going? I just can't seem to see. It's like a mystery unfolding right in front of me. I line up my shot carefully and hope for the best. Where's the cue ball going? I'm putting it to the test. Hey, yeah. there we go. You know what? I mean, it, it's not, it actually put my faith in this AI thing that it could actually work. <laughs> I mean, the the fact that I asked it to... Come up with a very strange song. I didn't give it any information about snooker, anything like that. I just said, where's the cue ball going? Um, And I'm amazed that it knew the tune of My Old Man's Adustman, to to be honest. I I was amazed at that. It's an old song. It's not like a modern contemporary hit, is it? Well, I wonder if Stephen Hendry has brought it back to popularity and maybe that's (laughs) what it is. Um... It, I mean, it starts to go off a little bit by verse 3. So verse 3 is, uh, But still I love to play, it's a challenge every time, to sink that ball in the pocket and feel that sense of pride. 
I'll keep on aiming true and try to read the signs. Where's the cue ball going? It's all part of a game of fines. (laughs) (laughs) Which it is at the moment, to be fair. (laughs) To be fair, it is. Um, Do you think the AI is satirising snooker at the end, then? Yes, quite possibly. I mean, maybe it knows something we don't. But I was genuinely impressed by that. Yeah, no, um, I, I was too. And I think... I think you know if you if you had the verse one and the chorus and you know made a little parody of it, I think uh, it would it would go well with uh, you know Stephen Hendry's action figure maybe singing it as well, <laughs> like a stop motion music video of the yes. figure moving very jankily. Exactly. Yeah, we can put it down as a business expense. Oh, let's do that. Imagine that. We got away with ordering that for five hundred pounds. I went, oh no, it's 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 a business. I mean, to be fair, it would only be two hundred and fifty pound each. <laughs> Stop <laughs> making it sound so tempting. <laughs> I mean, you paid what sixty quid for Dennis to sing Stukaloopy, so you know. Yes, but that uh, that that was something that. Everyone can enjoy, whereas Stephen <laughs> Hendry would just be on your your shelf. I wouldn't okay, get half of yeah. it. I would give I would give you a, one of the Stephen Hendry heads and <laughs> uh, a pair of his hands. <laughs> but that's terrifying. Someone would come round your house. You've got a lovely display of Stephen Hendry playing snooker. They come round my house. They go, "Why have you got a Stephen Hendry's decapitated head?" <laughs> well, and his I, hands just. I, on your I shelf. can also buy you a, a, a doll. To put the uh, put the, the Stephen Hendry head on. Oh, that's very kind of you, mate. I think yes. we'll. Um... I could buy you a, a, another Dennis Taylor Kellogg's figure, rip Dennis's head off, and put Stephen Hendry's head onto it. I think we probably own about half of them that's in existence already. To be honest. Yeah, that's true. But speaking of um, robots and singing, this episode's cue to music. We've gone for a man who's a bit robotic, mm. but, but he comes alive on the microphone. We're going to chat about the, the musical exploits of Mr. Peter Ebden, who has released two singles. Um, I think one in the late 90s, one in the early 2000s, around then. Right. And um, are you a, before we ever listen, Joe, are you a fan of um, Peter Ebden's singing career? Have you, have you seen him live? I mean, I've not seen him live. Well... He he did sing after one of his wins, didn't he? I think, but mm. so I might have seen that, but not in person. Oh, really? I, I was thinking maybe you'd be going to see, you know, take that. Who I know you're a fan of. And yes. Maybe the support act. He'd go. We've got a real treat for you tonight. Everyone, we've got <laughs> Peter Mr. Peter Ebden. Ebden. No, no. Funnily enough, no. Uh, Rick Astley supported though. To be fair. Really? Yeah. He supported yeah. take that. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Was he good? Yeah, he was, he was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being judged. No, no. <laughs> you like... To be fair, you... right, right. You can, you can say whatever you want, Tom, but you will always be the person that uploaded Peter Ebden's two singles to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> which, which for a start, means that you found them somewhere, which means mm-hmm. that you've looked for them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have bought a CD single of I Am A Clown off eBay. Well, there you go. And how much was that? I'm embarrassed to say, which, considering um, what I have already disclosed about the Dennis Taylor song, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was £10. I didn't hear that. What was it? It was £10. £10? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Was that without postage? No, that was with postage. Oh, that was with the joy, postage. The joy that it's brought people, Joe. <laughs> There's loads of comments. Just someone <laughs> saying, who's just heard about this from Pointless? Oh, my God. Blimey, brought here by Pointless today inspirational does that mean that richard osman has watched this on your channel <laughs> i'd like to think so if you're listening richard i know he's a fan of snooker he is a fan of, I, you know what i think he'd be a fan of the snooker Luby podcast would richard mm-hmm. should we try he'd... and get him on yes 
I don't know how. We'll see but... if there's a Richard Osman action figure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is, a, there is a pointless board game. Maybe that comes with a little figure. I well, know. I mean, to be fair, on his House of Games, I'm fairly sure you can get a Richard Osman doll as one of the prizes. So, I mean, they have a Richard Osman everything. They have like a Richard Osman kettle and all sorts of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Dartboard. They don't have a Richard Osman snooker table, though. I mean, that would be quite big to fit in the studio. <laughs> yeah, full-size table. With, with just, like, with, with the balls with his face on. You can either take this uh, Richard Osman pint glass or a full-size snooker table with his face on it, like, whichever one. Yeah. Wh- whichever one's easiest to get home, to be honest, mate. Like, Well, you heard it here first. But um, shall we have a listen to I'm a Clown? Yeah, let's go for it. Oh, and this next song is a song by a young snooker player. This is Peter Ebden with I'm a Clown. I am a clown. I don't like how the video is just slowly zooming in on his face. <laughs> I could see this support and take that. <laughs> I mean, I can see this being on an episode of Heartbeat or oh, something. No, I want to listen to Heartbeat. What a theme tune that has. Which like record company agreed to publish this? The Easy Record Company Limited. The Easy Record Company. 1998, by the looks of it. Or is it 6? 1996. I mean, 30th of April 2020. What were you doing in lockdown? Like, had you already lost your mind by yes, this I'd point? I'd lost my mind within about a week. You know what? We should have done this podcast in lockdown. We would have went like, viral. <laughs> We would have either went viral or been sectioned. I'm not sure which. <laughs> yeah, well, especially because of all of the hype of the virtual snooker world championship around this point as well. You know, I mean, we we were at the height of our fame back then. Right, I, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna end this now. What the podcast? No, the uh, you've the got song. this song has put me off podcasting for life. Fair enough. You know what? Uh, well, we'll do ratings in a minute. But uh, had you had had you not told me that was Peter Ebden, I'm not entirely sure I would have thought it was Peter Ebden. Who would you have thought it was? Stephen Hendry. Well, I, I, I would have just thought it was the original singer. Wow! Wow! What a compliment <laughs> that is. <laughs> And the final email we have here this evening, well, you've got to believe it. Can you see that? You've never seen anything like it. A lady has come in with 282 pleases because she says, can I see Peter Ebden's video? Well, you can't, quite frankly, but I suppose you should do. After 282, go on then, we'll show it to you. Although deadly serious about his snooker, Peter Ebden's plenty of interests outside the game. Music's just one of them. And he recently recorded his second single and a new video. It's been something away from snooker, which has been fantastic. You know, it's just been sort of chill out, you know, which is unusual for me. Everyone's used to see me sort of serious and, you know, he's an horrible so-and-so. Look how serious he is. And, you know, this is a chance for me to just to chill out and unwind and relax a little bit. <laughs> I love the contrasting comments here. So we've got uh, Polsky Detroit. Peter Ebden was a great snooker player. He was also quite a good singer. Unfortunately, he had only two songs, including a cover. Thank you for the Ebden songs. Um, somebody replied to that comment, said, Poxy snooker player. Um, Linda Lucas said she enjoyed listening to the song. Peter Ebden is super talented. Um, Manar Nagbal said it's really good. Liam Jones, I mean, remember Liam Jones, actually. Yeah. Um, he, he used to knock around in our, our streams, didn't he? 
Uh, thank you, he said. Uh, and th- But then Krishnan Resurrection, in capital letters, says dreadful. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, uh, should we listen to uh, the second song? Do you want to uh, introduce this like a radio presenter? Like a radio presenter. So now we've uh, on request a song hour on the Snooker Loopy podcast. We have got the former world champion Peter Ebden and the fall of paradise. I open my eyes and I saw your love. I mean, it kind of sounds a little like the Backstreet Boys. It does, doesn't it? Imagine if Peter Ebden joined the Backstreet Boys. It's very, um, you know, late 90s, early 2000s pop ballad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know when this one was actually released, by the way? Uh, I think 2002, I think, when I looked it up. Okay. I mean, why didn't he release any more? (laughs) Are you saying you want him to release more? I'm, you know, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> so that means you would say yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> if Peter Ebden said, look, Joe, right, I've got a project. Can we work together on some music? I, I'd, I, I, I'd probably be a bit baffled, to be honest. But, Do you uh, think that he would sing uh, Where's the Cube All Going? Oh, that's not a bad suggestion. Oh, we could... You know what? If we get some serious pulling power after the World Championships, we could get <laughs> a new a new matchroom snooker song called Where's the, Where's the Cube All Going? Mm-hmm. With John Virgo, Dennis, Stephen Hendry, um, Peter Ebden, Dominic Dale... And uh, Stephen Lee. Stephen Lee. <laughs> you, <laughs> you said that as if you'd already got them to sign up for it. Well, I mean, you know me, Tom. I've got my sources. Right. Well, there we go. If uh, if the the next month of podcasts do very well, we will. Uh, Joe has said live on the podcast that he will release that. He's going to organise. A brand new Matchroom yep. Rob single with all of your favourites and Stephen <laughs> Lee. I mean, it, it definitely felt like radio because there was sort of like a a, a long note on, you, you know, like at school when you had the Casio keyboards mm-hmm. where you would just like hold the key down. That's what it sounds like at the end of The Fall of Paradise and you were talking over it. It, it sounded very much like a radio show. Right. <laughs> I can't believe I've actually watched those on my account. <laughs> I'm now going to get recommendations based upon my listening habits. I do hope so, yes. Mm. What um, rating would you give them, Joe? That's the question. You said you want more, Ooh. so it can't be that bad. Well, you know what? I have to say I expected it to be worse you know, I'm um, I'm thinking. You know what? For his cover, right? A six. A six for I'm a clown. Yeah, but for his original song, I'm gonna give him an eight because to to come out with an original song. Wow! Wow! We have to. We have to. We have to credit that. Wow. This is relative to snooker players' expectations. No, 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 no. This is relative to what is your favourite music in the world. And you've... <laughs> and you have given him okay, an eight. I'll out give of him 10. a seven then. I'll no, give you, him no, a seven. No, 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 you can't take it back. You've, you've given got him to an take eight. my first answer. Yep, you gave him an eight. I would Damn. give 
I would give the Fall of Paradise a seven. Uh, genuinely, I think it wouldn't sound out of place on smooth radio, something like that. No, I, I, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, and I would give I'm a Clown probably a six. Probably, mm. I, I would agree with you, slightly not as good, but um, still not bad, not bad. I and mean, we've, we've been very generous with all of our scores so far. I don't think... We've not had anything that yeah. I would call abysmal so far. Well, I'm waiting for the Stuart Bingham karaoke mix with uh, Bingham's Bingham's tubs, wasn't it? Was it Bingham's hot tubs? <laughs> Bingham's hot tubs, yeah. He <laughs> made a hot tub singing uh, Don't You Wish Your Girlfriend. <laughs> oh, it was hot like me. <laughs> I would pay, I would pay stupid money to see that. Would you? Would you pay five hundred dollars for that? Straight away, yes, yes, I would. Right. Oh dear. If I could own it and have the royalties from it, because I guarantee that's going to get a million hits. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. That. Well, that's a good, good score overall for Peter Ebdom there. So, uh, well done, Ebdo. 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 Yeah. talk about the the real snooker world much in this episode because we've yeah I, I mean there's been little bits and pieces hasn't there since we last spoke um i don't think we actually have spoken about our shootout predictions so oh, i thought yeah, you would bring that up purely because i think that you won did i i think you did <laughs> because you chose leclerc because he's got the same name did as I? f1 driver. oh there I thought you did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not that you sound bitter about that. Um, I mean, there's just a file called Kurt Mafflin here. What's <laughs> it? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's, our, that's our Q school predictions. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it may well... T- oh, Snooker Loopy Podcast. Shoot out predictions. Here we go. Right, so... Yeah, so I just want to remind people of the teams... Mm-hmm. So on team team Mayhew we had uh Craig Stedman, Mark King, although I think that should be uh disqualified potentially. We had uh Poomjang. Which should be worth Rian double Evans. points. should be worth double points in the shootout, I think. <laughs> um Dominic Dale. Yep. So to be fair he he had a good tournament. Uh Jensen Kendrick. Ah. Uh I assume, well, I, I don't mean this uh, the way I, it's, as I'm saying it, but I think his name is Mohammed Ibrahim um, and Ding Junwee. Uh And Team Goodspeed was David Lilly, the manager at my local snooker club, or my old local snooker club, um, Mr. Mark Williams, uh, On Yee, Jimmy White... Matthew Stevens, uh, Julien Leclerc, uh, Fergal O'Brien, and Graham Dot. So I think last twenty one hundred and twenty eight no points. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll say last sixty four is one point. Last thirty two two points. Uh, last sixteen four points. Last eight eight points. Semi final sixteen. Winner. 32. Okay, so you get nothing for the finalist. I'm fine with that. Joe gets nothing. Oh, sorry. So, no, so, no, Joe no, gets nothing I, for the it finalist. Was doubling, it was doubling a little bit. Uh, no, I suppose it was doubling. No, maybe maybe we should just keep it... Keep it at two points until the quarterfinal when it's four, semi-final eight, finalist 16 and winner 32. Okay. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. <clears throat> Okay. Um, I mean, should we look for David Lilly first? Okay, where's David Lilly? Where's David Lilly? So David Lilly won two matches. So he got the last 32, so it's a four points because that's two terms, two yep. had two. Okay. Then for you, Mr. Stedman. 
Craig. Uh, lost in the first round. <laughs> oh no, he got. He didn't even Z- score a point against Mark Williams. Zero nil point, nil point. Right, uh, we'll stick with you. We'll go for Mark King next. Oh great! Um, the fact it's a ranking tournament means it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, he went out in the first round. He <sighs> lost. So nil point. Um, <laughs> he, he may well have done that deliberately. We don't know yet. <laughs> um, Mark Williams, as that's for me, he got to the last 32, so that's four points for him. Mm-hmm. Right, Onyi. I somehow think Onyi actually lost in the first round. I don't think I remember. Yes, she, she lost to uh, Vladislav Gredinari. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Right. Zero for Onyi. Uh, then we have Dechawat Poomjang. Poomjang. And Poomjang got to the last 16, so that is six points for Dechawat. And I, I will say at this point, maybe we'll talk about him a bit more, but if you've not seen the videos of him at the shootout this year, just go over watch because they're flipping hilarious. Yeah, and uh, Rian Evans' first ever victory on tour. Beat Bingham, beat Stuart Bingham. Beat Very Bingham's impressive. ball, a ball. I was going to say, she beat Bingham's, Bingham's ball balls. tubs. Big <laughs> Bingham's ball tubs. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that's what actually he's selling, but you know, uh, Jimmy White lost in the first round. It's going really well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, Matthew Stevens next. Matthew Stevens. It was a blue ball shootout and he lost. Oh, he lost to Dominic oh, Dale. Oh, and Dominic Dale. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Dominic Dale got to the semi finals. So, <sighs> what did we say? We said it would be four. So, he's on six for getting. Oh, no, he's on eight for getting to the last eight. Then he gets an extra four for winning the quarterfinals. So that's 12 for Dominic Dale. That's a pretty good run for him. Ah, then Julien Leclerc. So He beat Dale in the semi-final. He beat Dale, so so he gets 12 plus uh, 16, I think, doesn't he? So he gets 28 points. So That's probably more than Le- the rest of my players scored altogether. <laughs> Yes, but we weren't expecting it. Jensen Kendrick got nil point. I do think actually we did quite well. To we both predicted a semi finalist, and you predicted a finalist. Mohammed Ibrahim got nil point. Yeah. What about Ding? Ding got nil point. So what about Fergie O'Brien? I feel like he lost. Oh no, he did win the first. Oh, he won the first two rounds and then lost to Julian Leclerc, so he got four points. Got beat by your own player. Yeah, and then Dotty. Oh, Dot apparently didn't play. Oh, so I think I think that's a, a minus ten <laughs> for for picking a player that didn't play. <laughs> right, so I'm now gonna let the power of Excel um, add up these points. Because, you know, none of us here are capable of of that sort of wizardry. So, the final scores. Team Goodspeed were on 40 points, but after that, uh, points deduction from Graham Dot, now on 30. Thank you, Graham. Team Mayhew only got 20, I'm afraid, oh! so Team Goodspeed win the shootout. Well... Well done, to be fair, though, speed. we were carried by Julian Leclerc. You, well, we we both predicted. Uh, well, I predicted four players that actually won a match. You predicted three players that won a match, and uh, as you say, we we you know got semi finalists. So that uh, that ain't half bad. I mean, we were carried by Dominic Dale, and that's saying something. <laughs> It is indeed. But yes, uh, you know, the shootout was, was okay, actually. Um, Especially Detchawat. It was a Chris Wakelin that won that. By contrast, though, right, the the person that won the next tournament, mm-hmm. 47 years old, mm-hmm. 
Mr. Milkins. Mr. Milkins, which one of the... Uh, all my years of following snooker, I think him winning two ranking tournaments over the past, you know, 18 months, kind of getting back into the top 16, like... Who saw that? I thought he was going to be dropping off tour, to be honest. He was, you know... Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, uh, there's been quite a few things that have happened this season in, in Snooker um, that I wasn't expecting to happen. I mean, the the whole match-fixing scandal is one of them. I think at the moment we could genuinely do a match-fixing Masters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pe- pencil it in, Tom. I think there's Sponsored enough, there's, by Snooker there's enough, Loopy. There must be enough players that are suspended. Like, Yeah, well, I think it's, what, 12... 12 Tour players are suspended at the minute, aren't they? Um, well, 12, 12 from this season. Then you add, like, Stephen Lee. You add... Um, Quinton Hearn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that there's that. I mean, Stephen Hendry doing the Mass Singer. That is definitely mm-hmm. a shocking event. Yep. And the feel-good story of the season, Jimmy White. I mean, how many matches he's won this year... He's had his. Was, he, he's he's now ranked seventy two in the world, which is higher than he was ranked on Snooker nineteen when he was still, you know, a, a tour player by right ish. Well, you I know, because I think last season we were saying at the end of the season, like he'd had his pretty much his worst season ever. He'd won maybe two matches of a tournament. He didn't make a century. We were going, should he still be on tour? But then this season, it's been his best season for about 10-odd years, at least. Yeah, I mean, he got to the Gibraltar last 16 a couple of years ago. Um, but the fact that he's been consistent this season in in getting to the last 32 or, or better, uh, I think is is unbelievable. Um, I mean, as it, as it stands at the moment, as of uh, recording this podcast... He would keep his tour card on the one-year ranking list. Well, yeah, you know what? What I don't like about that though is that he'll be back to zero next season. With yeah, that. I don't, I don't think that's you know, right either. I don't really get that, but um, if he qualifies for the Crucible, he will probably get into the top sixty-four. So hmm. it's a big ask, but I think now he only actually has to win three matches rather than four. So yeah. You know, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, I mean, he's he's beaten. You know, he beat Judd Trump. He's beaten some very good players this year. Yeah, it, it, you know whether he can do it over the best of nineteen. I don't, I don't know. Three times. Yeah. Um, but if he does, I mean, what a story that would be. section which we have called Cue the Laughter named after the Dennis Taylor VHS we talked about in the first episode where it's basically we look at really weird obscure snooker media that has kind of almost faded into history and we we dig it up and share it so things like the Dennis Taylor Kellogg's figure or the weird Stephen Hendry action figure which I think was actually fairly recent. I realised it was about 2016 they made that, which is bizarre. Wow. That's that's after he's retired, but yeah, very weird. Might explain the price. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, Joe, what are we going to look at this episode? So, Tom, uh, something that I have dragged out of the the doldrums... um, of the World Snooker Ch- or World Championship Snooker 2002 game box, um, the manual of that. It's actually uh, some player profiles, Ooh. Tom, from that from that game. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I th- World Championship Snooker 2002 was the first PS2 game of that series and uh, it only had sort of 16 players or so on it or real players anyway um, 
and yeah, it, it's got a, f- a few little lines about each of the players in there. Um, so, Tom, I will read read out what players are on there, okay. and I will allow you to pick some players that you would like to hear the lines for. Oh, okay. this is exciting. So, we have got... Well, I'll work from the bottom up. So, we have got uh, Alan Burnett, Dennis Taylor, wow. Alan Robidoux, uh Stephen Maguire, Gary Wilkinson, Jamie Burnett, Darren Morgan, David Gray, Billy Snadden, Nigel Bond... Uh, Anthony Hamilton, Drew Henry, Marco Fu, Fergal O'Brien, Stephen Lee, Ken Doherty, uh, Stephen Hendry, MBE, Mark Williams, and the Rocket, Ronnie O'Sullivan. Interestingly, no Peter Ebden, considering he was, well, would be the world champion that year. And no Steve Davis, I don't think. Why is Ebden not in the game? Is that him yeah. wanting too much money to use his face? Or what? <laughs> I mean, no no Stephen Hendry either. So, uh, No Steve Davis, sorry. So, very odd. Well, shall we start with uh, Nigel Bond? What, what do they say about Nigel? Nigel Bond, okay. So, a good all-round player of spin... Although perhaps lacking a little cue power, <laughs> Nigel is happy to take lower colours to remain at the table. Rarely makes mistakes and plays steadily. Okay. <laughs> Feels very much damning with faint praise there. Uh, to be fair, right, I, I think maybe I should maybe I should um, read out a couple of the lines and get you to, to guess who it is. Okay, let's do that instead, alright. Okay, so... Uh, player X may be a veteran campaigner, but he can still play a competitive game. His long experience has led to a careful, measured approach. He is particularly, or is a particularly good user of spin and an excellent safety player. Is that Hendry? Just because it's a long, long campaigner? Is that no? Oh, Romadu. Oh no. You've got one more guess. Dennis Taylor. Yeah, well done. Well done. Um, Okay, here is another one. Uh, He is very much in the O'Sullivan mould. He is an aggressive, strong potter with a powerful queuing arm and speed around the table. Player X is not afraid of the long shots and particularly favours the use of stun for position. And we have talked about this person on the podcast before. Dominic Dale. No. Oh. <laughs> He's not in this game. I'm sorry. Ah, oh, he should be. Um, who have we talked about before, then, that was on that list? Well, it's not going to be Hendry, because he's not in the O'Sullivan mould, I would say. It might have been while talking about singers. Oh, um... Ken? Sorry? Crafty Ken? Is he in... No, 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 Crafty Ken, I'm afraid. Um, oh, I get one more guess. Okay. Not Bingham and his hot tub song. Um, <laughs> Jamie Burnett. I'm afraid not. David Gray. Oh! David Gray. I'm sure you didn't mention David Gray earlier. Did I not? I'm going to rewind the tape and re-listen to that. <laughs> Uh, shall I? Well, we'll edit this bit out. But uh, shall I send you the names of all of the people in it? Okay. So that you've at least got a chance. <laughs> it's not just guess a snooker player <laughs> from extreme <laughs> snooker. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, person X is a good potter, particularly noted for his ability and eagerness to break up the pack of reds, but is generally generally a little cautious in his positional play. He has no significant weaknesses and no prodigious strengths either. <laughs> They've gone, this guy is very average, whoever this player is. <laughs> uh, I mean, Darren Morgan... <laughs> now I feel bad no, choosing I... a player because I have to choose a player. <laughs> <laughs> he is a world champion. 
with no strengths and no weaknesses, he's a world champion. Yeah. Is that Willow? I know. No. Uh, um, one more guess. John Higgins. I don't think John's in the game, actually. Really? No, what a he's strange, not. No. Strange no. list of players. Um, Ken Doherty. You're not doing very well at this game, Tom. <laughs> well, they're, they're not doing very right. well in having all the best players in the game. Okay, right. Uh, you, you should get this one. <laughs> Person X is a steady player who errs on the side of caution. He avoids difficult shots and makes few mistakes. This thoughtful low-risk stra- low strategy has helped him steadily climb the rankings in recent years. Anthony <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Good guess. You say you should guess this. Uh- Everyone at home, pause the podcast, put your guess below for who this player is going to be. Billy Snadden? <laughs> no. <laughs> mm. Where's Green in, Green in Snooker 19? Fergal O'Brien's not in the game. Okay. Um... No, he is. He is. Oh, Fergal. Fergal. Yeah. Fergal O'Brien. Yeah. The baby-faced assassin. Yeah. Yeah. The baby-faced assassin. Right. Some say player X is remarkable in that his play is unremarkable. He plays a very consistent, solid, thoughtful game and does not take many risks. I mean, whoever says that, I presume this player smacks them with the cue afterwards, because what a strange... <laughs> what was the some, some would say that uh, time has, has told that this person does take a few risks. Ooh. Stephen Maguire. Oh... I thought you were going to get it there. Stephen Lee? Yeah, Stephen Lee. There's nothing about his Rolls-Royce Q action. What was it? He's, He's remarkable in that his play is unremarkable. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Right. You should get this one, Tom. You should get this one. Person X is best known for his superlative Q skill. Able to judge the toughest of shots with accuracy, he is a bit of a risk taker and often prefers the tricky shot to safety play. Generally, he is ice cool and an aggressive player. Hendry. Oh, no. Ronnie. No. What? Oh, God. Ice cool. Come on. Mark Williams. Yeah, Mark Williams. See, I thought Hendry would be ice cool because he's... Oh, well. Well... Uh, this this one you might get. His famed speed of play does not diminish the effectiveness of his decision making. Person X has a strong cue action, but is still capable of some useful safety play. R- Ronnie? Yeah. <laughs> useful safety play? One of the best players in history. It's useful, yeah. his safety play. I, I, I suppose this was be pre-Ray um, Reardon. Right. He's still world number one, though, surely, at this point. Okay. You'll definitely get this one. Dominating the 90s snooker world, Person X is an excellent break builder, always looking out for the sentry chance. He's not afraid of the difficult shot or calculated risk and is unflappable under pressure. He's also better known for starring in the 2023 series of ITV's The Masked Singer. I didn't know that Anthony Hamilton did that. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Stephen Hendry. Yeah. I think somebody w- will have thought that that's actually written in this book. Um, but you've, right. you've, you've, you've added it, right? No. <laughs> right. Uh, one more, then. So this person is a commentator. Okay. They're not, so they're not a player. 
Well, they are a player. Well, they they are a player, but they are a commentator. Like okay. that's your clue is that they commentate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right. Uh, Person X is a generally skillful player known for their especially competent swerve shots. He is careful and pensive, but his general caution can mar his break-building efforts. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh dear. Is, is that Darren Morgan? It is Darren hey! Morgan. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been the swerve shots that gave it away. Oh, famously, yeah. I, I always remember the swerve go. shots. Are there any others that you would like to hear? Uh, Stephen Maguire. Stephen Maguire, okay. A decisive, aggressive style of play can lead Stephen to some seriously good breaks. He has a strong cue arm and is solid under pressure. Mm-hmm. There we go. It's, yep. it's strange how some of them feel like they're uh, a bit insulting and other ones are just... I wonder who wrote these? Who do you think did them? Was it John Virgo? Well, <laughs> I don't. I actually don't think John Virgo worked on this game. I think it's just Dennis on this one. I'm trying to see uh, the credits. So we have uh, the Maths and Physics Engine. <laughs> Hugh Lloyd worked on that. Um, on the additional physics, Jake Gartland. Um, <laughs> the production, Debbie Jones. There you go. The Debbie Jones. I'm going to leave this all in, by the way. Yeah, and... Because uh, I think they don't get credit enough for their, uh, their max <laughs> design or whatever it is. Animation, Dave Maxwell, Pete Daniels and Jeremy Moore. There you go. There you go, Tom. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that was good. I enjoyed those player profiles. Did you read them before <laughs> you chose what player to use as a kid? <laughs> Funnily enough, no. Oh. Funnily enough, no. No. I think you had to unlock them as well. I, I don't exactly remember. It might be an, a worth another revisit on the retro show at some point. Oh, I've got a but, lovely uh, image of you as like... Um, because how old would you, this was before you were born? This game, right? No. <laughs> no, I was I was five. To you, be fair. Oh, okay. Well, that's a nice. That's that's an age where you're young enough where you could have got a little picture of yourself with some print stick and stuck yourself into the manual. Yeah, I didn't and then do Joe that. Hannard, did you do that? I didn't do that. And to be fair, there's no pictures of the players. I wish there was. <laughs> When your shot is lined up, set how hard you will strike the cue ball with the power meter. Your shot is lined up. The power level is set. Shoot! <laughs> In capital letters. That is what most players say before they uh, strike the ball. Shoot! <laughs> Shoot! Makes me want to look in um, in some of the other world snooker boxes and see if they did something similar in well future episodes Joe future well episodes. there you go I my but uh, we'll be back in April we'll probably do loads of episodes in April with the, uh, the worlds yeah. and stuff like that um, perhaps we should do one for the qualifiers maybe we should try and predict the 16 qualifiers I think that that would be a fun one and how many names will just be names that we say because it's funny to say on the podcast? Well, yes, exactly. There'll be Dominic Dale, know. there'll be David Lilly, all your favourites <laughs> will be popping up. Yes, but uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we will come out with some good predictions and mm-hmm. good tips uh, on who to avoid, at least. Ooh, um, Mark King. Mark King, yeah. yeah, yeah, don't do what Tom's done and predict Mark King to win the world championship. Um, <laughs> it's going to be his year, mate, this year, I think, I just feel yeah. it. And then um, and then I think, you know, we'll have our World Snooker Championship preview, probably on the Thursday or something when the draws come out and um, we can plot what will happen mm. uh, through the tournament, but... Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I'm heading to the Crucible middle Saturday, actually. So. Oh, you're going to go watch? 
Yeah, I've got 10 o'clock tickets. That's exciting. Second round tickets, actually. So, oh, nice. Um, I've no idea who it's likely to be at this point, so we will see. You can do a little report for us about what's going on at the Crucible. Like, what's the... Uh... Are they still trying to sell World Snooker 2011, for example? Uh, genu- genuinely, uh, that was in the merchandise stand at uh, the Masters. I'm I'm almost certain of it. So, yeah, I will be keeping an eye out. Um, I'm sure I'll, uh, I'm going to try and get the most niche bit of merchandise from the store <laughs> to bring on the podcast. I mean, I remember when I went back uh, back in 2011. Hmm. There were Michaela mugs. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. There were Michaela mugs. So was she even working there still then? Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. I, it was. I think it was about 2015 when she. If went they've off still to got her. some Michaela mugs left over, then <laughs> I will have to get one. Yes, I will have to get one, um, and I will try and get get a picture at the Q Zone and that sort of thing. Um, but no, if if anybody is heading to the Crucible on Middle Saturday, feel free to get in touch, and I will know to stay clear of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, so I'm going to be there at ten o'clock, and I think we bought tickets fairly in the middle, hmm. so should be able to see both tables. Ooh, Fingers crossed. So that means that viewers can look out for Joe on your TV screens. Yes. If anyone spots Joe on TV and sends us a picture, I will buy you a Dennis Taylor Kellogg's figure as a prize. Oh, well, what happens if uh, if John Virgo gets the camera on me and he goes, "There's uh, Captain Goodspeed." <laughs> he just turns into Dennis. I would ask straight away, <laughs> "Why is Virgo doing the impression of Dennis? What's going on?" There, there's Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah. exciting! I hope you have a great time. But no, it should be a it should be a good one, and uh, it'll be my second time to the Crucible. So here we go. He's, he's not making his debut anymore. He's going to be a bit calmer. He's going to be a uh, a bit more confident. We should print you out a little logo of our podcast and put it on a <laughs> um, put it on the lanyards and see if we can get you in anywhere backstage. It's a well. There's uh, the Snooker Loopy podcast hopes host. Uh, I sung a song for them once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I, I mean, I know people. There's some people that go to every session. I don't know how they afford it, but. Uh, um. So thank you again, as always, to Joe for joining me. You're very welcome. Always a pleasure. And we will see you for uh, April for the start of the big one, as Rob Borkin likes to call it, the World Championship. Mm. Good night, JV.